This episode of the Happy Hour is brought to you by... Video Games Monthly. You may have heard us talk about this one, but you have to check out Video Games Monthly. They're a monthly subscription service that delivers retro video games right to your door, and you never have to send them back. VGM is a must for gamers who love retro video games and are trying to build or rebuild their collection. Every month they send out a variety of games, both well-known retro favorites to the unique ones, to make sure you consistently get a well-rounded gaming experience. Video Games Monthly offers boxes of 3, 4, or even 10 games for any combination of NES, SNES, Nintendo 64, Sega Genesis, and both Game Boy and Game Boy Color. Take a look at their website at www.videogamesmonthly.com to sign up for your monthly variety of retro video games. And remember to tell them that the Happy Hour with Johnny and Deuce sent you. My name is Johnny Womack, and I got my co-captain, Deuce. What is going on, brother? Of course, this is the Happy Hour with Johnny and Deuce, and every single episode of the Happy Hour with Johnny and Deuce starts off with the Deuce salute. Uh, that was good. That one was that good. Was the first one was a little weak. This one's a little better. Yeah. They've been sitting a little longer. Of course, we are the Happy Hour with Johnny and Deuce. We are a twice-weekly podcast dropping on Tuesdays and Fridays for your listening pleasure. And, of course, Deuce, we're excited. This is part two of our amazing interview from... The voice of conventions. We have Mark B. Lee. Welcome back to the Happy Hour with Johnny and Deuce. Yo, guys, how you doing? This is this is awesome. I'm I'm so glad to be back with you guys again. Uh, you guys are, are incredible interviewers so far. This has been really fun. Uh, you're asking me questions that some people uh, wanted to know or has never asked, but I've always responded. When someone asks, you know, you need to write a book by basically saying, I can't because everyone's still alive that I'm going to write about. So <laughs> <laughs> I know that it's like uh, legally because we've got a couple lawyers that work for the Happy Hour Johnny and Deuce. It's like legally yeah. I cannot divulge this information yet. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. We use the word allegedly a lot. so that's, that's what our lawyer keeps telling us. And I think it's just because he gives us billable hours every time we use it. So oh, that's he, the way he can make his money by talking to you. Exactly. He's like, look, if you say allegedly, then you're clean. And I'm like, oh, okay, cool. And then I get my bill at the end of the month. And I'm like, oh, crap. <laughs> <laughs> well, speaking of stories, I want to ask you, you had an amazing story that I read on Facebook. I don't know how much of you – you can actually tell, so you know I understand that about the Battlestar Galactica cast, uh, and you yeah. did some uh, shenanigans, if you will, with them. <laughs> and we would love to hear about that. Oh crap! Oh yeah. Um, first off, I have to say I have been as of last week, and I've known this guy for. We were talking about this too. I think I've known him for maybe ten or twelve years now. And but but I have I am now a newly adopted son of Edward James. O almost uh play you know uh, commander dama on on um battlestar but um i've known him for a long time in fact when he and i i brought him to germany to do a convention and and there's a, a bar fight story literally a bar fight story over in europe i'll probably get to, to tell you guys later on but uh i gotta tell you this at dragon con grace park this was her first fan uh experience convention this year and i'm gonna tell you this girl close up within six inches because I did get within six inches of her has, has flawless skin she's absolutely gorgeous 
but totally, totally corruptible. And <laughs> being totally corruptible, the the ringleaders of corruptibility, and this is not the first time I've I've I've, I've seen these guys in action, is Jamie Bamber played um, um, Apollo and uh, James Callis, of course, who plays Baltar with. Oh yeah. I, it's kind of a it's kind of a tie between who's the worst between the two of those in in, in terms of getting in trouble. But basically, um, uh, the Marriott Marquis Hotel in Atlanta, which is one of the main hotels of three of actually five, but the main three they're connected to each other. Um, the it, it was packed full of cosplayers in the hallways, and of course you can go on YouTube and and just Google Dragon Con 2050, and you'll get numerous videos of what a crowded dragon con looks like at any any particular year well this particular year with pandemonium uh annually happening out in the middle of the lobbies of, of all these hotels uh, a lot of these actors get to sneak away into certain places and some of those places being restaurants so i had gotten to know the bartender like i i make a habit of doing at any convention is get to know your bartender um who I got this 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 girl to basically create a very interesting hard drink for me because every time I come off stage, I head for that restaurant bar and she knows what to make me. And it consists of Maker's Mark and I think some not rum, um, Maker's Mark and um, Crown Crown Royal maybe. Regardless. Oh my God! I need to know this recipe because you just hit two of my favorite things: Maker's Mark it, and Crown. Those are my two go-to hard liquors. Should have been with me last weekend where I think I did 12 shots of Crown Royal Apple. Nice. Oh, Crown Royal <laughs> Apple is my new jam. I ain't going to lie. Like, that that's going to ruin my life, I can tell you right now. Well, I think I'm sterile now, but that's another story for another day. Uh, but anyway, so I go into the bar, and I go you know, straight to the bartender and said, I'm ready. And she says, I already started. And I turn around, completely behind me was the cast of Battlestar Galactica, uh, sitting in the corner, chatting it up. Yeah, you know, let's see, James, Jamie Bamber, James Callis, Edward James almost, Trisha Helfer, Michael Truco, Michael Truco's wife. Um, who the hell else was there? Oh, um, uh, Richard Hatch was not there, um, but I had all of them on the panel. Uh, long story short, I had probably 10 people on my panel for the panel that I did that weekend, but being in the bar were those list of, of uh, uh, usual suspects. And, you know, they were drinking and they were pretty much uh, you know, telling Grace how she enjoying herself because these are all convention veterans and Battlestar Galactica guys. And, and uh, somebody had the, 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 the lame brain idea of finding, let's go find where Aaron Douglas's room is. That's that, that was pretty much the rallying cry. Let's go find where Aaron Douglas's room is. Okay, granted. The hotels are almost hotel elevator is almost impossible to get on at, at, at Dragon Con. You can wait 30 minutes to get on a hotel to get an elevator to get up to your room. But one of the people that were in our company, who was a, a you know who was with them basically, um, knew the password keys to the freight elevators. So as oh, we go, hell, exactly. As we go to the regular elevators, she says, wait, 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 wait. She punches in the code for the freight elevator, door opens up, and there's a whole bank of freight elevators waiting for us. So we get on the freight elevators, yada, yada, yada. They're yucking it up. They're playing. They're, they're, they're drunk. And they're like, okay, anybody remember what floor he's on? We don't care. Press a number. A number was pressed. 
the elevator goes up, the doors open up. Anybody know what his room, room is? And I think this was, it wasn't Eddie who said it, but Eddie was with us the entire time. I think it was Bamber. Bamber said, who gives a damn? Let's bang on all of them. <laughs> so what ensued from that point was us running up and down the hallway, banging on hotel doors. I think it was about one o'clock in the morning yelling, Aaron, are you there? Aaron, are you there? Aaron, are you there? This is not the right floor. Let's get back on the elevator, get to another floor. And it began that way until literally Eddie and I looked at each other and so did Trish, Trisha. And we're like, man, I'm exhausted. So yeah, I got to go to bed. Yeah, I'm going to bed too. You going to bed? Yeah, I'm going to bed. We're going to bed. I'm not going to bed. We got to find Douglas, yells Callus. So Eddie leaves, I leave, Trisha leave, and the rest of that bunch, along with the newbie, Grace Park, decides they're going to run up and down the hallways. Each floor we get off on, there are fans on that floor. And, of course, they can't believe that they're seeing the cast of Battlestar Galactica running down the hallway, banging on hallway doors. Next day was my panel with all of them. All of them are sitting at there at the table. Probably hungover at that point. Yeah, well, they were, but when I introduce Aaron Douglas, Aaron Douglas walks out, he goes into the audience, and he sits in the front row, refusing to come up on the stage behind the table with the rest of them. Why? Because he had heard that we were looking for him running up and down the hallways of that damn hotel, and all he did was held out his phone and said, you guys got my number, you know. You could have at least called me. Okay, so everybody's cracking up at that point. Nobody thought, yeah, let's call Aaron Douglas. Instead, they wanted to go bang on that door. So that's one of a million stories of of, of actors when they're inebriated, I could say. Well, <laughs> I, I had one question to ask for you. Do you have, like, a secret backdoor entrance to where once you get done with the panel, you can leave and get down back to the bar afterwards? Yeah, but I'm gonna tell you something. I I I I'm hesitant of revealing that on a podcast. No, um, no, no. no. I'm not saying that, and don't reveal any of your secrets. But is there a way, like, to where when you're done with a, a panel, especially when you know you're done for the day, that you can go back someplace and get a drink, and you've got a secret, like a quiet spot back in a corner somewhere? Absolutely. There's one hotel, one of the three connected hotels at Dragon Con that literally has an unoccupied bar. Like a backdoor bar, just for the guests. Yes. And 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 there are a few fans who have discovered it. Um, but I mean, I was there with last year with Sean Gunn, who, who is a writer and director of Guardians of the Galaxy, and his brother, uh, or rather James Gunn is and, and his brother Sean Gunn and we that's where they hung out the most time I knew where yeah. a lot of the main actors would be at that point and in fact I could get my drink a lot easier a lot faster by going to that bar location than I did the general public's bar location so yes it's not in every hotel and not in every city but Dragon Con we know all the hotels you in got a out. secret spot like a backdoor location that only you guys Absolutely. know about it's in the secret uh, Absolutely, absolutely. Well, Mark, I want to ask you a question, and we can totally edit it out, if or you can sidestep the question. 
in between panels, do you have a drink? Do you say, let me have just one cocktail, kind of calm down a little bit and get ready for the next one? Or do you stay like, hey, I'm not having anything until I'm done for the day? Or, or, or how, how do you operate when it comes to that? Yes and no. It depends on how panel went. But typically, it's always at the end of the day for me because I have found that not only does alcohol uh, accept my uh, or affects my speech, affects my thinking process, yada, yada, but it also affects my throat. Now, the best thing that I can take to help my throat for a panel is vodka. Okay. And ah, straight up. Okay. Straight up vodka does wonders for my voice when I have to go to the next panel. But I try not to drink much of it because it does kind of sully my thoughts a little bit and it can, can get noticeable to the audience rather than being noticeable to you. I did make mistakes in the past in doing that, and that's when I've done my European shows because they're professional drinkers over there. Oh, of course, because in Europe they, they like to drink, and I think they set the bar for drinking. I, I kind of myself personally kind of like to take the uh, – Oh, the lead singer of Metallica's approach. He does honey. James Hetfield. Yeah, he yeah. does honey, Jaeger, and it's uh, another thing he puts in there. And it's not just honey. I think it's tea leaves. And that actually is really good for my throat because it coats your throat. Uh, yes. And it makes it, you know, where it coats your throat so you're ready to go. But you get a, you get a little bit of a buzz, but not much. Um, right. And I, I've always thought that was a good go-to. But being that we're going to be future moderators here in the future – I always yeah. wanted to know what your stance is on that. Is it okay to have one drink in between panels to kind of loosen you up, get ready for the next one, or should you stay stone cold well, sober all the way through until you're done? Or what? What's your thoughts well, on that? Well, professionally, because I've worked with uh, actors and actresses of every age. Yeah. Okay, from, from, from the children top to the bottom. Right from children to Stan Lee, which is probably my oldest at 93. And the last thing you're going to want to have on your your breath is alcohol. I agree because with that. I agree with that totally. Yeah, but that's very unprofessional. I don't care if you're drinking with them after the yeah, event. when you're done with the day. Yeah, when you're done for the day. But if you have alcohol on your breath, um, the thoughts are going to go into their head on, okay, I don't know if this guy is buzzed or drunk. Exactly what kind of questions are he is he going to ask me? So that kind of torpedoed you a bit in terms of uh, uh, trustability, okay, as a moderator. Because moderators, or rather actors, really, really trust their moderators that you are the ringleader. You're the guy that's literally controlling the show and the audience and having the ability to interact with a uh, fan if he asks an inappropriate question, which happened to me at Dragon Con with Candace Patton from The Flash. We, we, we had a situation that we, we had to handle. And if you're not on your mark, if you're not, no pun intended, but if you're not on your game in terms of handling an inappropriate question because you're a little glassy-eyed, okay, then you can guarantee that it will be made mention to the convention organizers of their moderator doing a lousy job and that could affect your next appearance or if you get to come back and like you said uh if, if you yeah. show up to a, a moderation and you smell like the Budweiser brewery they're gonna be like yeah no we're not doing that which actually explains why you actually take vodka 
because vodka is one of the things you can't really smell in your breath. Exactly. You hit right on it, brother. Yeah, I knew because that's the uh, – and because I know you're not a big drinker. I am. That is the professional alcoholic drink is vodka because you can't smell it. And so I totally get that. But I do want to hit because you hit something, and I can't let it slide by. What happened at DragonCon? What was the question? What did you have to uh, to to take care uh, of? What was the incident? You know, and and any of you guys can pull this up on the internet because I did find it. Uh, my panel. Uh, on I actually YouTube. did too. I, I had it on my notes to talk to you about. So, well, I got a I got a couple of rules that um, I I follow, and, and not just at conventions, not just being on stage, but literally just on my life. Facebook. Yeah. Well, I don't talk politics and I don't talk religion. Okay. Very good call. Those are lose lose conversations. No one wins. No one wins because an opinion is just like a butthole. Everybody has one. And they all smell and nobody wants to see them. Right. And unfortunately, I like that one. And and unfortunately, uh, you can't dictate your principles to other people they're going to do whatever the hell they want to do and in today's society has gotten even worse where politeness has gone by the wayside where a lot of people are hiding behind their keyboard can say anything they want to say and it translates into real life now because they've gotten brave behind the keyboard and they can go ahead and insult people because you can't reach and touch them they forget that you're not supposed to do that same thing in real life because there are people that can snap back yeah which happened which happened at this panel at DragonCon, where we had a guy get up, and I think, if I remember specifically, he said he was a priest, or he was practicing the priesthood, or was some sort of religion aspect of, yep, to, yep. to what his credentials were. And he, the question was directed towards Candace as to uh, something like, uh, uh, how do you feel about two adopted children living in the same household becoming romantically involved. And it, it, it's, it's really interesting. Here is a tradition with moderators. When you know that a celebrity is a little bit uncomfortable with the question that they've just been asked, they'll turn their head and look at you. Yep. That's exactly what it is. And it's, it's kind of like comedy. Will. When you know a joke didn't land right, you got to step yeah. up and drop the next one because if not, you, you lost them. Exactly. So she looked at me, and I was ready to leap in a diplomatic way because you can't go out there and insult the guy and, and say stuff like, dude, that was a very inappropriate question. Dude, that's stupid. Yada, 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 because – you're insulting him. And, and, and that's and, that's not right. And you don't want to do that, especially once he already went up there and said, hey, I'm a priest. It's like, oh, if you step on a priest, then you're really going to feel bad. Right. And and also in fandom, there are a lot of social issues that people are unaware of. You know, you put them out in public. You know, they sit home or in front of their laptops or looking at uh, 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 past episodes of Next Generation and they're yeah. reading that and that's their world. But then you put them into the public at an event where your hero is appearing and you should be used to hearing a question that's going to be out of the norm. And as a moderator, you can't show any distaste or, or disinterest. Now, if you show a level of uncomfortability to it, you can play into that with comedy, which I have done. I have literally dropped my mic, 
got up out of my chair and walked off the stage after hearing a question that I knew was about to, 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 to go wrong. Yeah, it was but about it, to go south, and you knew it. You are like, oh, this is going to go south. I better uh, get up and do something. Yeah, it became a comedy act, though. At that point, you got the audience cracking up, you know, because look what Mark's doing. Mark just left the stage. He's not going to, you know, whatever. And it becomes a comedy. But then eventually you come back. And if the actress or the or, or whoever, the actor hasn't attacked the question by then, then you have to inject yourself into that question. Luckily, luckily, Candace went after the guy's jugular. Okay. Wow. Now I'm gonna tell you a little secret here that uh, if someone gets a hold if 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 the the source that I think may pull this podcast up, listens to this, they're not going to like what I'm about to say. We like and, this. Drop it. Drop it like it's hot. Well, backstage, before I brought anybody on, and this is what I do as a habit, I ask a celebrity, is there anything I shouldn't talk about? There you is, go. There anything I, is there anything I shouldn't mention? Is there anything I shouldn't know? Uh, is there st- Even if it's things that you have heard about. Like, uh, I think I did this recently, too. I, I said something about uh, I understand you just lost your mother or you just lost your aunt or you just lost somebody close to you. Is that something that you want to talk about on stage? And that person said, no. And I said, perfect. No problem whatsoever. Okay. At least it actually gives me lead way that with the world of internet, if somebody actually brings that question up from the audience, I can deflect and you got to learn how to deflect. When you become a great deflector, you will always have an actor saying, is Mark Lee at this convention? You know, things of that nature, and they're going to want you back because they know how to handle it. Well, anyway, Candace had mentioned to me that there is, uh, oh, God, man, should I, uh, uh, all right, I, I, yeah, I'm, I'm going to have to suffer the consequences from either, either way. Um, uh, she had forewarned me of an uh, Internet group that um, has gotten a little fanatical. And if you know the history of the word fan, yeah. okay, it comes from fanatic. Yeah. And that's not a compliment. You know, that, that's not a nice thing at all. But that's you're a, a fan. Nice yeah. you're, you're, you're a fanatic. You know, there are fanaticals out there that are blowing up countries and taking over cities and whatever. Those are fanatics. Well, fans can, be, can resort back into fanaticism as well. And she had made me aware that there's uh, an internet group, uh, whoever they are, maybe an individual, I can't remember exactly, I want to lean more towards a group, who um, have been spreading rumors, uh, saying things about her and her character, literally her character, on the internet, and it's kind of made her uncomfortable. And she was hoping that I would be aware of that in case questions of that sort came up. And you'd be surprised how many requests I've gotten from celebrities in the past over 30, 35 years of things of that nature. And we have to be aware of it for various reasons. And in fact, we have to sometimes inform our security forces uh, if things of that pop up and you have to be prepared to give a nod, a wink, to a security guy standing off to the side that you just caught wind of something that's going to be really, really bad during this panel. So you got to get into a habit of knowing uh, everything you need to know about the person you're about to bring on, on stage. Well, anyway, 
Um, eventually, this 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 group attacked me online right after the convention that I discovered, and and I kind of blew off and didn't respond. Yeah. Didn't get involved. Didn't say anything about. Just let it play. And and I, the reason I didn't say anything because I would have said something like, "Yeah, I was already told about you guys, so I don't want to get into that kind of flame war uh, or anything of that nature." But I was expecting something, and luckily I, I deflected because it was all. Uh, pointed towards me at that point, and I kind of took a little bit of heat off of Candace and let them go ahead and attack me, regardless. So that's the story on that one. Well, I actually, I kind of think that's a smart move because it's like, look, if you're in a position like that, go ahead and take the heat. You're the moderator. It's going to get you a lot of love. It's going to get you a lot of love from the convention that you're taking the heat and getting off the actor or the actress. It's like, look – if I've got to take the heat and I've got to be the bad guy, I would rather be the bad guy than the celebrity be the bad guy because yeah. that affects them down the road, future roles. And it's like, you know what? I'll play the bad guy. I'll be the, you know, the Scott Hall, well, if you will. Say hello to the bad guy. You know, if you've got to, because it's better to do that than let them take the heat. Well, not only that, uh, that's absolutely correct what you said, but not only that, with you being the moderator at any convention, you are representing the convention. Mm -hmm. You're not representing yourself on a personal level. Whereas there are lawsuit crazy people out here who, oh my God, I tripped over this, this thing that was on the floor at this convention. I'm going to sue, 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 sue. It's the same with anything you say representing. I was even told by, uh, the moderators, or rather the organizers of the Dragon Con, that Dragon Con is in safe hands when I'm on stage, mainly because they know that I will put Dragon Con in a, in a, in a good light, even if I have to per take personal heat as an individual from people out there who didn't like what I said in convention, or I didn't carry the convention, or, or rather the panel, didn't like what I said in the panel, didn't carry the panel well, as long as I have uh, Dragon Con still wrapped in a safety net, okay, for say, because I'm not going to yeah. turn around and say something stupid like, don't blame me, guys. They hired me. Yeah. Okay? Because, hello, <laughs> what did you just do? <laughs> what did you just say? You can't do that because the organizer will then come back on you and say, well, you know, thanks for, for you know, having our back, dude. You know, things like that. And then you, you'll never be seen again. But, it's the same with the actors and the actresses. This is why they have publicists, but their publicists cannot travel with commit. Oh God, I gotta tell this story. Oh my God, dude, I can write a book, um, but I keep segueing to things I'm remembering. And I'll try to make this one quick. I was at Wizard World New Orleans. Uh, was it Philly first? But either way, it was it was both those conventions. But I'll start with Wizard World New Orleans, and. 30 minutes, I'm supposed to bring on John Bernthal, uh, uh, Michael Rooker, and Norman Reedus onto the stage, all three together. 30 minutes before the, uh, their panel was supposed to go on, the convention organizers run to me and go, Mark, 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 we got a problem. Uh, what's the problem? There's nothing that can't be solved. What's the problem? AMC just called us. You cannot have all three actors on stage at the same time. Oh, wow. I'm like, I'm like what'd you just say? Yep. They cannot have all three actors on. I said, what do you, that's ridiculous. I, I'm about to announce three actors for a one hour panel on stage at the same time. That's what the audience, this filled room is here to see. 
these three actors interact together. On, sorry, you can't have them on stage at the same time. If you do, we'll never get another Walking Dead guest as long as we live. Uh, long story short, I, 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 I had time. They hadn't come up yet, but I ran down to Michael Rooker's booth while he was still signing. I said, hey, Rook, um, AMC has just uh, told us that we can't have all three of you guys on stage at the same time. Rooker basically used major profanity to go, what the F? What do you mean? What are you talking about? I'm dead, for God's sakes. You know, what it is I can't say, which is basically their concern, was that the actors, and I think the only one that was alive at the time was Norman Reedus, they were afraid that the actor, actors would reveal certain plot lines for the upcoming season, which is like, you know what, guys, if you can't, if you can't, I won't say control, but if you can't convince your actors when they go to a convention to keep their mouths shut, then you're doing something wrong. Because we have a lot of actors at this convention that come from shows that are still in the air and they don't blow out any spoilers or things of that nature. So um, that, but my segueing, my point is you have to learn how to become a diplomat for things like that. I eventually staggered their appearances 15 minutes at a time but kept two of them on stage for at least five minutes as one of them exited. And I still got at least something of what the audience was looking to see, which were the actors on stage together. But it happened at two cities for me where AMC stepped in and said, no go, no go, sorry. You know, so those are some of the things that you have to handle too. Well, it's, inter know? it's interesting because like you have to assume in this day and age that you're always being filmed, always. So mm -hmm. when you're being filmed, you uh, you know I'll, I would kind of equate it to Disney World because oh, when God, you're I'm sorry, another story, but go ahead. <laughs> yeah, I, I equate it to Disney World because like you're when you work for Disney, they call it being on stage when you're working, and yes. you're always being watched and observed by not only just the guests but people, you know, uh, just people there that are working there and whatnot, and also people that might eventually come in to work there. So it's like you're always being watched all the time. So when it comes to a convention, like you said earlier, you're representing that brand, that convention, and you want to put your best foot forward always. And if for some reason, because I know you know, not everyone that works at the convention center watches every panel. They're not. There's not always not someone there. Like sometimes you have security and stuff, but like you, you may not have the higher ups always watching the panels. So, but if they ever get like a footage of you coming out and you do say something that's really detrimental, that can also lead on. You know, it, you know, it's really quick with the internet. You can snap a picture on Instagram and immediately it's sent across the world in seconds. So you always got to be a little bit wary about your surroundings and what you say and who you're associating with, especially at a convention. Absolutely. And, and, and even with Periscope these days, everything is live and broadcast and streaming live and all this kind of stuff. So you can't escape it. You know, it's, it's always being documented in, in some level uh, or not. My other real quick story that, that you got me segue into uh, in terms of filming, DragonCon has what's called DragonCon TV, which means that in the five hotels, and there are more hotels associated with DragonCon, but there's, there's five headquarter hotels with DragonCon they have DragonCon TV. If you want to stay in your room while a panel is going on, it is being broadcast live on your TV as it's happening over five hotels in every single uh, hotel room, even the bar areas. You can watch a panel from the bar that's happening across the hall in one of the big rooms if you couldn't get in. Wow. So, But here's a problem that happened this year. <laughs> 
Is this is this an R-rated show? What is this? Is this, this an R-rated? You can say the F word. You can say whatever you want. Like we've been pretty PG so far, but usually we we've dropped fuck by now at least three times. So yes. okay. you can do whatever you want, brother. We're not regulated by the FCC. No, there's no FCC rules. You can say fuck well, shit, whatever you want, man. Well, well, it's, it's not profanity, but I'm I'm gonna tell you what happened at Dragon Con just this past weekend. I moderated uh, three cast members from the uh, from um, Game of Thrones, and that's one of my favorite shows on HBO is Game of Thrones. Oh, yeah. Okay, fine. So um, that one, because I think it was an early morning one, was going to be shown later, so it wasn't going to be a live stream as you're sitting in your room showering or getting ready to come down for the day, whatever, uh, which was a good thing. It actually worked out perfectly. But uh, during, and it was the packed room, all Game of Thrones people, and, and I always have to tell people that, look, if you're in a panel for a show that's shown on HBO, okay, anything that's said on that stage shouldn't be a surprise because it's HBO, God's sakes, it's, it's cable. All right, so this was my problem. Um, one of the characters who plays Finn, he's the, uh, he's the captain of the guard, I think, for the queen or whatever in, in, in Game of Thrones, whatever. He's also gay. Uh, I don't. I don't think he's gay in, in real life. I wasn't going to ask him, but I don't think he is. Um, but in, his character is that. He started to talk about, you know, how he was being prepped for his blowjob scene. In vivid detail, in a full room of people at Dragon Con, and everybody had gotten into, and we're talking. One, one of the actors was Hodor. Uh, who was on stage with me. And then the older guy who was actually in Star Wars, he was also the bad guy in Indiana Jones in The Last Crusade. And is the old guy who plays in Games of Thrones. Really, really great guy. Really incredible. He was an old Amazing guy actor. Right. So since Finn started off with blowjobs and the rehearsals, who the hell rehearses for a blowjob? But anyway, and, 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 and things of, of that nature, it started a chain reaction among the celebrities up there on a the panel of their... Sex stories, basically, like getting ready for their sex scenes on the show. Through it, dick episodes. Okay, so <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're all a big fan of the dick episodes on Happy Hour with Johnny yeah. and Deuce. Yeah, and and even Hodor, which I don't even remember the episode, but he was telling me about it. all of them uh, had basically. And I don't think the old guy did yet, yet or whatever. He told us another story when he was naked, um, but a cock sock that they all had to wear, and how when Hodor had to be had to wear his cock sock it had to be adhesively attached to the base and how he was explaining to the audience that to this day he was still pulling glue out of his pubic hair oh wow <laughs> right. that is the best horror so, story ever so the result of a panel which was spoken in such vivid technicolor color was me going to the Dragon Con TV producer and saying to him, literally, dude, I'm not sure you're going to want to put this on Dragon Con TV. And he was like, what? What What are you talking about? It's just a regular panel, right? He says, okay, do me a favor. Watch it before you put it up. But please watch it first before you do anything. So he found me later that day, day pulled me over to the side, and he says, yeah, Mark, we're definitely not putting that on Dragon Con TV. And I think it was probably the first time ever a Dragon Con panel was not broadcast on Dragon Con TV because of its content. You know, cursing and all that kind of stuff is fine, but this was 
vivid pornography description that because anybody can see a panel if you have children getting dressed in the morning and Drancon TV is on and you hear all this talk about cock and pubic hair and blowjobs and all this kind of scene, they're going to say, what the hell are we watching? You know, and they're going to get upset. So yeah. I had to literally intercept and say, don't play that. You don't want to hear it. You can't hear it. No one else should hear it. So that's probably something you'll ne- you guys will never see is my panel with the Game of Thrones guys. <laughs> Well, that's funny. You should have said, look, this is for uh, Dragon Con TV after dark. Like, <laughs> kind of like Skinamax. You can air it after, like, 1 a.m., and that's it. And that's the only time you can air it. That would have been perfect. I, I don't know why they didn't do that. I haven't heard that they do that, but that would have been absolutely perfect. You know, you show it after midnight. You know, show it after 10 p.m., you know? But that was just, you know, one of the, the incidences that we had to deal with. Lakeland Zombie Fest presents... Noche de los Muertos. It's going to be live at the Sun and Fun on October 16th, starting at 6 p.m., with a ticket price being $20, but that also includes your admission the next day to Lakeland Zombie Fest. There's going to be live music, special celebrity guests, costume contests, and food and drink specials by Budweiser. And, of course, your voice from the Happy Hour with Johnny and Deuce will be there. So don't forget to come out and see us at Lakeland Zombie Fest presents Noche de los Muertos. Well, I actually had a question because you'd mentioned earlier about conventions in Europe and overseas. Like, what's like, is there major differences between moderating a convention in America as opposed to overseas in Europe? Oh, my God. Um, I had moderated. I was uh, uh, MC for FedCon for about 18 to 20 years. And actually, Garrett Wang of uh, Star Trek Voyager took over after I had left those guys and moderated the conventions for a few more years uh, after that. Um, the, the differences between American conventions and European conventions is that uh, the actors – uh, our actors here, once they go over to Europe, it's like anything goes to them over there. There are things that actors have done, uh, will do over in Europe that they could never do over here. And I won't really elaborate too much, but one of the things that it took me years to get used to was the level of nudity that's over Europe that is frowned upon here. What's frowned upon over in Europe is guns and gun violence. It's the opposite for us, where we have basically the religious right who are like, oh my God, you're naked. Oh my God, we're gonna ban you for life. Oh my God, I'm gonna sue you and whatever. Europe, five-year-old children been watching people banging each other on regular TV since I've been doing it. When I started doing conventions in Germany, the Deutschmark was still in effect. It wasn't even a Euro. Um, but I'll tell you one specific story that happened to me while doing a show in Europe. And that is, it took me five years to get comfortable with taking off my clothes. Okay. Being butt naked with people. Okay. Whether I'm laying out around a lake, which they do quite often in Germany, or whether I'm in the saunas or spas in Europe, which I am addicted to, no pun intended. Um, (laughs) but It's the thing to do once you get used to saunas and spas and almost every hotel in Europe has a sauna and spa and is very elaborate and indoor pools and all that kind of stuff. And I, I, I go, when I was doing the shows in Germany, I'd go there a week 
before the convention starts, mainly to get adjusted to time change and to enjoy this one uh, European uh, sauna and spa that I went to uh, every time I'm over there, which was like a freaking amusement park with naked people. It's just unbelievable. Well, there was a break between uh, my MC duties at FedCon, and I think it was uh, uh, because the actors were signing, and I took advantage of going up to my room, getting into my robe, taking the elevator down to the lower level and start taking the saunas. One of the saunas I went into was a dry, a, 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 a dry sauna. Uh, it was dark and not blackout dark, but basically dimly lit. And I went into the sauna and I said, oh, great, man, I got this sauna all to myself. I'm just going to lay here, lay my towel out. I'm going to pour more water on the rocks, man. I'm going to go ahead and bleed all these impurities out of my pores. I'm going to have a ball. So I'm laying on the lower bunk, uh, stretched out, uh, you know, my rooster in the wind. And all of a sudden I hear someone go, hi, Mark. And I jump up and I'm like, holy crap. I thought I was in here by myself. Who's that? Who's that? And it was the top bunk. Uh, uh, and, and someone was laid out there and it was Denise Crosby. But wow. But naked. So she and I spent time in there. We're both butt naked. And it was a time, I think, that I, she wasn't mad that I was telling the story around, but she didn't know that I would tell the story around. But it's known now, and she knows that I tell this story around, and she's not that embarrassed about it, because I've known Denise for years, 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 years prior to FedCon, and we have been in situations where, where we were partially naked, uh, you know, I've seen her butt in a thong before, whatever, but she was totally naked in this sauna when I'm there to to kind of like hang out and relax. So we both kind of relaxed to get together. But to get back to your, your answer, actors will go. That's just one of the things that I think actors and actresses are more comfortable with when they go to Europe because they know. You don't have paparazzi. You're not going to have a fan with a camera or a video or a cell phone or whatever. And they will literally end up in saunas and spas. And I, I refuse to tell you guys of anyone else that I've ever been naked with uh, in Germany. But there has been some serious, serious, serious shenanigans. I mean, the day that uh, Edward James Olmos, uh, Aaron Gray, uh, Michael Hogan, and myself, we literally had to uh, break up a bar fight between Michael Hogan and this German waiter. You know, um, <laughs> mainly because, you know, Americans are chess beaters. You know, anywhere we go, I can stand in the middle of any European city, 3,000 freaking years old, whatever, and close my eyes, and I can hear an American a mile away. Because we're chess beaters, you know, you know, hell yeah, this is America. I'm from Texas, or we don't do that where I come from. Why isn't it like that over here? You know, things of that nature. I can always find that. And um, when I when 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 actors come over, uh, they respect that. They understand that because it's not like it's the first time they've been to Europe. But also, uh, uh, they they just just know that this is a free kind of spirited kind of societies over there, and 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 they don't kind of you know, get excited over much of anything. Um, but when Michael Hogan almost gets into this bar fight, you know, it blew my mind. Eddie and I and, and Aaron Gray, we were actually cracking up later on because all he wanted was a drink. But there's a 
there's a lot of different procedural things with Europeans and European hotels and things of that nature that you, you don't you don't do over there what we're used to doing over here. You just can't. You literally have to I'd advise anybody traveling to Europe is just sit somewhere and watch. Watch the locals. Watch how they do and don't think that anyone's gonna cater to you because you're an American. It doesn't work that way. So yeah, there are a lot of differences. Oh, the other thing. Europeans are used to being entertained on a larger scale. Every event, no matter how big or no matter how small, has to be on Academy Award status or, or level, shall I say. It has to be performed that way. It has to be executed. You got music, you got lights, you got, got freaking. I mean, I'm prepared right now to host any Academy Awards just from my experiences of hosting shows in Europe. Wow. So, that level of presentation is, is, and I'm trying to bring that level. I'm trying to convince Megacon. I kind of did that a little bit last year with a few things that I did with, with bringing guests on stage with music and lights and, and, and video and things of that nature. I'm trying to bring that to some of the shows here in the States because a lot of the shows are basically cattle calls. You know, the big convention center shows where you're lining up forever, you get in this line, you go to the next line, you get out of that line, you go to the next line, and there's really not much introductory flair to bringing a celebrity on stage. But from what I've done for 20 years over in Europe, it's just a matter of convincing certain groups, hey, guys, let's do it this way. You got to do it this way, you know? And that also answers your previous question about, uh, in the last show, how I dress when I'm doing shows, that's strictly from Europe. You know, dressing like that professionally and whatever, that's just totally, totally from Europe. I think Billy West, who's the voice of a Bender in Futurama um, um, and other voices or whatever, I, I worked at Tampa Bay Comic Con, I hosted that, called me a pimp because I was in my hat, I was in my total black suit, my total black hat and whatever, and, and he was joking of course, on stage, it's like, okay, you say, oh, okay, now you're, you're the guy I need to go to, you know? So um, that's just where the attire come from. All right, so I'm done on that story. Sorry, dudes. No worries. No, that was an amazing story. And I got to say, because I want you maybe to expound a little bit, can you tell oh. us what happened with that bar fight at all? Because Edward James almost, in my opinion, is a pimp. So, like, if I got in a bar fight with him, I wouldn't be worried at all because I'd be like, Adama's was about to drop somebody's ass. Well, it wasn't Adama; it was Michael Hogan, a second in Colonel Ty. Uh, <laughs> okay. Oh, oh my God, Colonel Ty! Yeah, Colonel Ty will drop you on your yeah. face. Like, I yes. would not mind being in a bar fight with him any day. Yeah, who already fights with Starbucks in the show as it is, and I literally saw that part of him at this bar, but. Uh, Adama, Edward James Olmos, was there with us. And we're yeah, big yeah. guy that had to pull Michael back. All right, fine. One of the, the things in Europe is the waiters uh, and waitresses in Europe kind of frown upon tips, okay? Uh, they, they think we're, they think, you know, Americans are stupid because we're tipping you. And the reason for that is because waiters and waitresses in Europe made just as much money as any office worker in here in America. So to tip them is kind of funny because you're tipping on top of, you know, a freaking stock trader, I say something like that. And it's like, you know, dude, you're an idiot. You're giving me money. Um, 
In fact, I was walking through the Black Forest in Germany one one year, and there's a a, a small chateau, a bed and breakfast kind of place. And I'm I'm an idiot for apple strudel, so I want to stop for some beer, Hefeweizen, Weiss beer, which is my 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 vice right there. And I want an apple strudel. So after I ate the apple strudel and had a great time, the owner of the chateau, which is this little old lady, she must have been in her 80s. Um, I tipped her. You know, I said, like, oh, my God, this strudel was fantastic. Thank you for the beer. Thank you for the hospitality. Here you go. And I tipped her. And she grabbed my head with both her hands, and she planted a kiss on my forehead and said to me, effing capitalist. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm like, what the hell? And, of course, my compatriot, who I was with, explained to me, you know, you, you you don't you don't you don't tip in this country, dude. You know, we, we make a lot of money here. You, you don't need to give us more. You know, and that's basically the norm over in Europe. Whereas the opposite, when people are here at Disney, and you go to any restaurant, and there's a tip chart on the table telling you how to tip, it's mainly for the Europeans because they wouldn't have done it unless you told them to. Right. Unless you told them they had to. Okay, they wouldn't have tipped you, you know, because they don't tip in their own country. Why should they tip here? You know, so the story with Michael Hogan was he wanted his drink a lot really, really soon. We, Aaron Gray, Edward James Olmos and myself, we had planted ourselves in a table outside of this cafe. Uh, it was actually the city of uh, Beethoven. Beethoven uh, was born and, 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 and lived in that city. And this was Bonn, Bonn, Germany. And we... Um, we, we, we're in a historic park and we're walking up and down the streets or whatever. And we, we found a place we needed a, a drink and we sat down at this seat and uh, uh, Hogan couldn't wait because the, the downfall of waitresses and waitresses making as much money as they possibly do is the fact that they don't necessarily have to give you good service either. Go to Paris. You'll see in a minute. Sit outside a cafe in Paris and see how long you wait before somebody comes up and, and serves you. Same thing in Germany, you know? Uh, so uh, Hogan was getting a little impatient. He wanted his drink. We all did. I mean, a great thing about that convention, man, we sat out in front of the hotel uh, patio uh, outside of the dancing, whatever, and everybody's smoking on stogies. You know, Hogan's in a circle with us. Edward James is in a circle with us. We're all just, you know, they relax and they have a great time. Anyway, so he wanted a drink. He wanted a beer. And it's German beer, for God's sakes. Give me my beer. So he goes into the restaurant, which is a no-no. It's strike one right there. Maybe even strike two. You do not go and get your waiter. I don't care how long you've been sitting there. You wait until you've been recognized. But he did a number one prime rule, and that is, hell, I can't wait anymore. I'm going in and get my drink. Well... He's stumbling backwards out of the cafe with the waiter basically on him. And Edward and I stand up. And of course, Aaron says something. I don't know if it was a screech or whatever it was. I got to ask. You guys got to ask Aaron Gray if you get on the show or whatever. And basically, we had to pull. And he's flailing his arms. And, and yeah, I'm talking about Hogan, not the waiter. And he's yelling. And what are you? We're pulling him back. And he just said, I just wanted a goddamn beer. I just wanted a goddamn beer. You know, like that. You know? And we're like, Hattie, no, we're like, Hogan, Hogan, you can't do that. You can't do that. Well, I don't know. I want my drink. He wasn't coming out. You had to be there. It's uh, something that's undescribable because you literally had to be there. And, and, and we were just dying after that because like, man, Hogan was going to get his ass kicked, you know, right here in Germany. What are we going to do after that? We can't bail him out. You know, so that's that's my Hogan story on that one. Wow. Well, that's a 
that's an amazing story. That almost sounds like a deuce move right there. Like, hey, man, I just wanted a beer, man. I ain't trying to start nothing. I just wanted a beer. So. That's exactly what it was, too. That's exactly what it was. It was hilarious. So how many how many conventions do you do in a year if you had to put it to a number? Oh, my God. I thought about this uh, before, and I had toned down a bit uh, after a while. It, it, it was doing eight at one time, I think was the most that I was doing. And that was a lot considering there's a convention season. Nobody does conventions in, uh, and uh, amazingly so, nobody does conventions in November, but yet we got a mini Megacon happening the week before Thanksgiving. But usually between Thanksgiving and, um, and um, New Year's, nothing is happening because people, they're broke for one thing, and two, they wanna spend the time with their family, you know, not necessarily go to a con. So I was doing a lot of shows, um, traveling around. Wizard World had hired me at, at some point. And uh, of course there was MegaCon, and of course there was Dragon Con, and it was just getting bad. Um, I was getting really bummed out. I was getting um, jet lagged. And, 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 and that's one of the reasons why I stopped doing the Germany shows because that's 12 hours on a plane for me, you know, with layover. And it's like, okay. Uh, and I was doing two shows a year in Germany. We did a uh, Ring Con which was our Lord of the Rings, Harry Potter, Pirates of the Caribbean uh, convention that I did in October. And then in May, I was doing FedCon, which was all Star Trek, Stargate, whatever sci-fi related. But there was times when, because I had my own business in my own home, practicing architecture, because that's what I do. And I would go to Germany sometimes and stay a month. You know, I travel around. You know, I, I drew, I've driven to Belgium, I've driven to Amsterdam, I've driven to Luxembourg, you know, all in my rental car, you know, and, and, and stayed, you know, for whatever, because it's Europe, for God's sakes. They're 10 times older than the United States of America. There's definitely stuff I want to see. Um, so that got, that wore me to, you know, doing the, all those shows and then doing a European show. And I said, this is getting ridiculous. So I literally was turning down requests. Um, not that I was getting a lot of them and not that I was popular in my opinion, but maybe just available. I don't know, but I was turning down, down. Now I'm doing one, two, three, four. Oh, God, hasn't got any better. It's actually increased the lid. I'm doing five now, uh, a year. And, 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 you know, I don't know if I want to do that. You know, a lot of times when you do too many conventions and, it's people you worked with in various cities. You see them again. Sometimes you actually get tired of seeing each other because it turns into a routine. They'll, they're going to know what questions you're going to ask. You're going to know what their answers are going to be. And it, it ends up being so boring. It's no longer interesting. That's why I'm really, really happy that I have hosted two sets of cast members from Arrow. I've had, hosted the main cast this past Labor Day, and I've hosted the police, uh, uh, I'm sorry, the detective who was uh, uh, Canary's father, and the other daughter who was just Canary at that time, and uh, um, Ra's al Ghul's daughter. This was Dragon Con the previous year, I think, okay? So it brings a little bit of freshness in it. You know, I've, I've hosted Diggle uh, here at Megacon, but he was with we combined that with the Flash cast, which was Robbie Amell, who was um, Firestorm. And of course, I hosted 
Danielle Panabakers, who was the Flash's, uh, the girl, the main girl in the Flash who does all the technical stuff. Her very first convention was MegaCon last year. Very first convention appearance. And then I get to host both her and Robbie again, actually twice, uh, Dragon Con this year. I'm like, holy crap, you know, I've gotten so, so, so great with these actors that, um, you know, Robbie gives great bear hugs to me now. Hey, dude, man, great to see you. You're moderating my panel? Awesome. You know, things of that nature. And that's a good thing. But then there are certain celebrities that have routine monologues and routine answers that you can, you know, you memorize and it's like, okay, oh, man, I got to, you know, I got to get some new people in because this is, you know, getting a little tiresome. So that's the downfall of doing too much. Well, my question to you is, you're, you know, you're busy doing the cons and you, you have the architecture things. What what do you do on your free time for fun? What I'm doing right now, I lay on my ass. I love it. I'm serious. I love it. Um, I love my couch. I love my TV. I love the internet. And anytime that I can just sit, it could be bright. I'm also a beach freak. I have to tell you guys, I'm a beach bum. I love the beach, but it could be a bright, sunny, warm day on a Sunday. And I will stay indoors the entire day. As long as I have a supply in my refrigerator of food and snacks and things of that nature. Um, And then I get stupid ideas of doing something different, which is hosting these stupid ass viewing shows, you know, that, that, that I came up with, with various stuff as if I don't have enough work you know, going on. I do stupid stuff like that. So I, I just love doing nothing. And, and granted, you said you were working for Disney. Well, I worked for Universal and I was actually a trainer in my department. I worked in event management. Uh, kind of am. I still am an employee, but I'm super, super, super seasonal. Um, but I was the trainer at Universal and training the, the, the kids on how to deal with people from other countries, from around the world, basically. So um, I don't even pick up shifts. I don't even want to see Universal. I don't care if, 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 if I can go every day, you know, in a single year, I won't do it. You know, I'll go to a movie first. One my big thing is movies. I love movies. And I will go to a movie first show on Saturday, the first show on Sunday. Like tonight, if I, Hadn't been with you guys, I would have been at the movie seeing The Martian tonight, but I'm going to see that first thing in the morning now. Gotcha. So, and I like writing, writing movie reviews about things that I've seen and yada, yada, yada. I do spoiler-free movie reviews, which is I'm not going to spoil anything I saw in the movies, but I'm going to tell you why I liked it so much. You know, and then I score it from 1 to 10, and then that's it. Mark, but where that's can my they first find that, Where can they find so, your movie reviews? First thing I do is I post them on my Facebook page. And until Johnny gets my damn website, which he's already overdue, because I'm getting you know old now, just waiting on him to to, to build my website. <laughs> you know, I'll, I'll be posting them up on that, but um, that's mainly on my Facebook page. As soon as the movie, usually when I'm in the theater and it's ended, I've already posted a score on my Facebook page via my phone, telling you guys, hey, this was a 7.5 out of 10, you know, for the show. And then when I get home. Then I'll do the spoiler-free review of the movie that I just saw, and then um, people like it. People seem to think I'm right on, right on target on 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 how good or how bad a movie was. Yeah, movies are great. I, I think it 
you have to have things that you do like on the side as a hobby, especially as busy as you are. Because like Deuce and I, we have our own thing. Deuce does his comedy. He has his, uh, has another job. I have another job. I actually have two kids. Being you know being a full that's a full time job as well. Being a parent, so it's yeah. Like, yeah. So that's why I kept stepping in and out during the uh, conversation. You know, check on the kids. Uh, so it's like. And I've been doing magic, and I, I I play four instruments. So like, there's all kinds of things that keep you busy, right? And and you also want to have those just fun times. And for Deuce and yep. I, this is sure this is a job technically, but it's just fun for us. Like we love just no, chatting. it's not. It's a tax write off. That's well, what it is. Yeah. It's it's me and my buddy Johnny get to hang out for a couple of hours every week, and now it's scheduled. Like it's like, hey, uh, Johnny's wife, we love her. She's a third member of our podcast, Brandy. It's like, hey. Me and Johnny have to hang out tonight. I'm sorry because we've got to we've got to do the podcast and yeah, I've got to kind of write off all this beer we've been drinking. You know, it's you know, it, it's basically just a good time for us to get together and have fun and kind of spitball with each other and also make new friends mm-hmm. like you, Mark, which we yeah. love because we made so many new friends for this podcast that that's why I love it. It's like I get to expand my circle of friends i get to make new friends and meet new people got to say this to our friends at home because they're not actually seeing we've been doing this all through google hangouts we've seen basically your living room the whole time you don't have any fandom stuff set up like i was uh, i'm not even gonna lie i thought i was gonna see like a whole oh hang on one second just so i can see it i just lied uh you shouldn't have said that how do i do this uh can you see that? Yeah, we can see it. If I talk, I can't see it. So I'm going to be very, very quiet. Here, I've got it. Oh, wow. Wow. That's you and the whole Babel. Well, I shouldn't no, say Babel Star 5. That's Star Trek. Yep. There's only one guy missing. DeForest Kelly Bones. Mm. It's the only guy that's not in that. Now, here is my absolute claim to fame. Uh, shoot, how do I do this? Uh, shoot. You see that? Yeah. You know who that is? Neil Armstrong. Oh, awesome. Holy cow. I actually have, and this is going to sound super stupid. When I was a kid, I went to space camp, and I got the Right Stuff Award, and I've actually got an award with my name on it that he signed saying that I got the right stuff from space camp, and that is one of my most cherished possessions. Guys... I have left out so many stories, but the one that uh, comes to mind after showing you that shot, the reason I even have Neil Armstrong's um, picture, I MC Jimmy Doohan's last convention appearance in Hollywood, okay? I also was flown out to the New Mexico desert to Richard Branson's Spaceport America. Wow. I MC. Oh, actually, I was a speaker there. I really wasn't the MC. Um, we shot Jimmy Doohan's Ashes into Space from that location. Wow. At the convention that we did, we had all of the fans who were in attendance at the convention sign the nose cone. We brought the nose cone to the convention, and all the fans signed it. We put Jimmy Doohan's Ashes and also uh, Scott Carpenter, who was an uh, Apollo uh, astronaut, and we shot their ashes uh, into space. And it was really interesting because they woke us up at four o'clock in the morning because we had like a two or three hour drive out to the desert 
which was next door to White Sands Missile Range, where we had Huey helicopters literally flying from there to the launch site to be a part of Jimmy Dewan's ashes being shot into space. And I had the pleasure to, to, of, of emceeing that. But it was Nichelle Nichols who got Neil Armstrong to come to Jimmy Dewan's last convention appearance at the Renaissance Hotel in, in, in Hollywood and Sunset, right in downtown Hollywood, because Neil Armstrong was a huge Scotty fan. That's the reason he came to the whole event, because he just loved Scotty. You know, he was a huge <laughs> fan. So uh, that was a, a pleasure to, to, to be a part of both of those uh, events, which weren't in the same year, because the uh, last convention, I think, was actually like two years two years, two or three years before he died and we shot his ashes. They just called me up and say, we want to fly you out to New Mexico so we can shoot his ashes. It was just incredible. Just one of the, the things that I can keep, you know, close to my heart and history. And I just don't show this around much. You know, this is, this is, I don't do autographs, but I do photos when I can yeah. get a shot yeah. backstage with somebody. That's my treasure. That's all I want. If you want to sign an autograph, do it on a blank check. You know, that's all I ask for, you know, but that's kind of my, and, and then dealing with NASA, because we get a lot of astronauts, shuttle astronauts who, who like to do conventions and whatever. That's always been, you know, a pride and joy for me. People have actually been up there. We can, uh, you know, share stories to the audience with those, those are my pride and joys, you know, and, 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 and that's it. <laughs> well, Mark, I just want to say again, Thank you so much for your time because you took the time out of your busy schedule because you're a very, very busy man. I want to oh, say man. thank you for it. I want to say thank you for showing us your house. If you need <laughs> anything at all from the happy hour with Johnny and Deuce, or if you need a, a new assistant, Deuce is on deck for any kind of assistant work. Uh, I'll yeah. scrub the toilets. I will clean the toothbrushes. I will do whatever you need. I will be here for you, so don't even worry about that. But thank you, thank you, thank you so much for spending your time on a Thursday night, especially when football is going on because you're yep. a sports fan like us, and yep. all these clinch playoff games are going on right now uh, oh, in baseball. Thank you. It, it, I didn't miss it in Spanish background, but this has been an absolute pleasure, guys. You guys are the, probably the best interview I've had in a long time. This is really awesome. We appreciate so, it. Definitely. Thank yeah. you so much. And you, you're a pleasure. And – it's so cool because, like, I, I was – we were talking, whatever. I'm, like, I'm thinking back, like, it's been, like – it doesn't feel like three hours have gone by, right? Yeah. Like, oh, God, it sure hasn't. No. <laughs> left but already. next time you know, you can pop open a bottle of wine and you have a couple of wine drinks with us. We can get a lot more stories because I can tell you right now to our fans, to our listeners, I can promise you this will not be the last interview we have with Mark. I got a feeling oh, that this will awesome. happen again very, very soon. Yeah, it's, it's 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 great to be here. Thanks, guys, for having me. And uh, just call on me at any time, and I'll I'll share some uh, some more stories. I got some more than I can remember. Just remembering the last one, just as we we're about to end off. It's like, oh my god, there's another one. You know. Well, I can tell you right now what I want to try and do. If we can make it happen, I want to have another interview with you in December, so we can talk about the Megacom fan days because you're working okay. that show, right? Absolutely. They hired me for it. I'll be their MC. Well, I can tell you right now, we want to talk to you about all the amazing stories you've got coming out of Megacom Fan Days. And we want to give a big shout out to Megacom Fan Days. If you haven't gotten your tickets yet, you need to do it. 
Mark, do you know how they can find the tickets? Uh, you can go on the Facebook page. Uh, you can also go ahead and Google Megacon Fan Days as well as Megacon Convention and uh, go on their website, and that will give you all the information so far. We're still bringing more guests on board, so we, we're not done yet as we speak, uh, but we got some amazing people that we've already uh, uh, brought on for just this small show, which I doubt seriously it'll be a small show, but there you go. Well, I can tell you right now, it's not going to be a small show because I've been watching on my Facebook feed. It seems like every day it's blowing up with some new guests coming on. And if they want maybe official uh, podcast, they can talk to the old boys at uh, Happy Hour Johnny and Deuce. We'd love to be there as the official podcast and maybe help out and talk to some people. So uh, <laughs> if they want to hit us up, they're more than welcome to. And, Mark, we'd love to have any guests that you could add, throw us our way. We'd love to have I those. I was about to mention that if you guys are situated somewhere in there, that maybe I can go ahead and, and, and point some people to you guys. I may not want to give you John Rice Davies. It's bad to say. I don't blame you. I don't blame you. We'll take anybody. You know, when I, the reason I'm saying that is you'll never get in a word edgewise. That's it. That'll be <laughs> over. That's done. It'll be his show. Well, <laughs> we're okay with that. I'll tell you what. We'll talk to anybody. We've had a lot of guests on our show, and we just let them basically promote their stuff and let them have a good time talking about whatever it is that they're doing. And, Mark, thank you again from the bottom of our hearts. Thank you so Thanks, much for Mark. taking – goodness gracious, we're over three hours now of your time. <laughs> thank you so That's much, perfect. brother. Anytime, guys. Thank you so much. All right, Mark. You have a great one. We'll talk soon. All right. Looking forward to the link. <laughs> <laughs> See you, brother. Later. All right, guys. I'm off. See ya. Well, that again was our amazing interview with Mark B. Lee. He is the captain of the con, if you will. He is the, the uh, announcer. The, he is the world traveler. He is a thinker before a speaker. You can find him at Florida Mark M-A-R-C on Twitter. And, of course, find them on uh, Facebook. Tell them that the happy hour with Johnny Deuce sent you. And, of course, Deuce, people, how do they find us on the Internet? You can find us a lot of ways. You can find us at HH Podcast Show on the Twitter machine. Also, we've got a Gmail address. It's Show at gmail.com. And if you're like, hey, I love the interview with Mark. I want to hear more questions. I want him to tell us more stories. Send us that to Show at gmail.com. Put in the subject line Mark or questions for Mark because we want to get some more for him for the next time he comes on. Also, don't forget to find us at facebook.com forward slash happy hour podcast show. And there's not one, there's not two, but there's three ways you can hit us up on the Twitter machine. It's hashtag, hashtag happy hour podcast, hashtag HH podcast show, and hashtag deuces on the loose. Later. See you.